Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, Episode 6. I'm here with Graham, Kish, and Luke. Going to touch on a few topics, but to start, our weekly recap. So this week was a busy week for me. I went through and I grabbed the coilovers from Chad Bartley. I ordered those last week, and they were already at my house by Friday. I uh, brought those down to the shop, mocked them up on the Jeep, and holy crap, are those things huge compared to what you picture in your mind or like when you see it on another rig. They just look massive when you are trying to figure out where you want to mount it. Um, and I burned on some more link brackets for the Sterling. Graham, did you do anything this week? I did a couple things here and there between helping Jacob finish up work on his motor it wasn't too too much to do there we just had to finish the break in because we had to stop because we had an oil leak last weekend we finished that this weekend and in between that i finally got the pieces to weld the the plate onto the top of my 205 i did the classic shave you remove like two three inches worth of material and then you put a plate back on so that was it wasn't too bad i honestly expected it to go a little worse considering you know the weld power and um, you know, how crazy that cast was and the thickness of the metal I was welding onto it. I think I was using three eights, which on paper with the 140 Hobart shouldn't work at all. We preheated that thing to probably 300, 400 degrees and you know, I cleaned it up really well beforehand and it burned in like butter for the most part. I mean, there are a couple, couple spots where it could have been a little better, but it's not an incredibly structural piece. And overall, I think it penetrated pretty well for what I was doing. And I was going to rebuild it, but I ended up having issues with the, the idler shaft. So I have to get a new one of those because I, I don't know if it was me or if it was the person before me, but the threads on it are all screwed up and yeah, there's that, really no good way to fix that. That doesn't sound like fun. And if I remember right, those are hardened, so you can't even helicoil it. Yeah. Or is it like one of those big boxy threads where it's like almost square cut? No, I mean, it's, it's like a, big bolt it's probably uh, couldn't even tell you what size it is it's a it's a big thread it's a big nut it's probably equivalent to a pinion pinion yoke all right fair enough fair enough so yeah it, it sucks because the shaft is totally fine but it's only like 100 bucks for a new one so i'll take the loss in it goes i mean yeah i feel you with that it's a lot of little odds and ends with the doubler that add up. Like I had to go and get a bunch of hardware because um, I'm clocking my box. And with the eco box, or I don't have an eco box. I've got the crawl box from Duff. I don't think it's made anymore, but it's got a bunch of ports around there. So I have to redo the whole breather setup. But it is yeah. what it is. And I figure if I'm going to be in there and building it, I'd rather just build it once. Especially if it's something like the idler shaft. I mean, I guess I could swap it probably with the thing still in the jeep at some point but i'd rather not have to deal yeah, with that i'd rather just do it right once and not have to take it out too too many times down the road so it is what it is but that's really all i had going on richie you doing anything no nah, i i took it easy all weekend man i've been looking at floor pans for my jeep that's mm. exciting so, so far, the cheapest I found was a website for like, I think it was about 50 bucks for like 
the driver's floor and then, you know, 50 bucks for the passenger. And I think it was a uh, 65 for the rear, I think. It's not bad. Like the whole rear? I think just the trunk area. Okay. I'm still looking for that trunk like, somewhere in shape? reasonable. Yeah, the trunk, the last I looked, it was still in pretty decent shape. It's it's mainly the driver and passenger front areas and like the rear driver area. Well, that so might be easier to seat. make. That. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking, but you know, on the flip side, if you could buy a, a brand new pan for dirt cheap, a brand new pan, dirt cheap. True. That's fair. And those are kind of those are kind of important. I mean, it saves rocks and things from smacking into you, so Yeah, it also helps <laughs> water, to keep heat. And in water there. from going in and out. All the above keeps all the things we don't want in out. <laughs> but it, it keeps mm. water in if it's leaking from the top though. That's why you drill a hole. That's how I got rid of the leakage. Yeah, that's why. That's how I got rid of the leaking diff fluid that was rolling around my passenger seat floor. Just drilled a hole straight through it, and then threw some mulch into it to soak it up. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's a mess. But a she's clean savage. now. I took out the whole back seat, cleaned everything out, mounted everything down, so now like tools and everything actually stays solid in the back. My axle shafts stay solid in the back. Yeah, thank God. That's one thing that I'm uh, <laughs> looking at doing. You gotta loosen those up. Who am I answering to? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, that's one thing I'm looking about doing or looking at doing in the back of mine. Once I get the uh, fuel tank in there or a fuel cell in there, I want to mount some toolboxes to my roll cage so that way i can just drop the tools in there before i go wheeling lock them and i know that even if i roll the jeep they won't become missiles to go and yeet off into the sunset yeah that's a great idea honestly but missiles are fun no they're not fun when you're dodging <laughs> wrenches only in world war ii are they it. fun <laughs> I, I gotta do something similar i want to at least be able to mount my spare tire in the back so i don't have to roll it out every single time we park and you know <laughs> prep for the day and not having you know a solid stash of tools is always always a little bit of a downer especially if nobody else has tools right and i'll figure it out eventually i just haven't found a you know a setup that i i really like yet i'm sure i'll stumble across somebody who's done it well and i'll steal their idea yeah but for it's... now it's well, one thing when you're in Connecticut and you're talking about, like, going across the parking lot, or if you're in, like, Massachusetts at some of the NEA properties where it's 20 minutes away, but when you're at the opposite corner of Roush, it's not fun to not have tools. Yep. Well, I find that the big thing is just make sure you have your specialty tools with you. Like, on the, me and Cody, our Cherokees use the, um... The 36 millimeter socket for the uh, axle nuts. Yep. That doesn't take up a lot of space and it stays in my glove box as long as I remember it. Because <laughs> most people, most groups will have some form of tools on the trail. You know, so as long as you have your specialties, you're pretty all set. Yeah, I figure just as long as everybody's got like a little bit of stuff stored in their jeep yeah you can usually get by 
the issue is I store nothing in the Jeep. It all comes out. And I I know that's the same for Luke. Yep. Uh, and I don't know about Cody, but you know, I think I don't know how many tools you carry in yours either. So we're all pretty carry, bad about. I just about carry the essentials. I got the breaker bar. I got the uh, the wheel wrench thing or whatever the hell it's called, and uh, a 12 mil wrench and a 13 mil wrench. But uh, let's hop into the into today's first topic. We're going to be talking about some uh, roll cage ideas, different mounting points, different things like that. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. I mean, maybe I put my two cents in. Um, yeah, it's it's soon to be time. It's soon to be time to put some uh, safety things into my Jeep. Starting to get a little bit more hectic with how I'm wheeling. Starting to go for them blacks where most NEA properties actually suggest that you have a roll cage of some sorts. And... I've definitely yeah, no- you need one. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've definitely noticed lately with my line choice um, that a roll cage is definitely important because I love my life. I love wheeling. And I want to keep doing it. You know, I don't want to go up for some stupid obstacle, flip it over, and then get squashed like a pancake. And then everybody else has to deal with me. You know, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you wouldn't be smashed like a pancake in most cases, but you wouldn't be wheeling for a while. That's for sure, because your Jeep <laughs> would be screwed. Well, I mean, um, I could just roll out like Dan, cut the roof off, and send I her guess. on her way. <laughs> I guess. You could. No, you got to keep for your roof. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, but it's definitely time. I mean, I put a lot of time and effort with Luke and putting into this Jeep to get it to where it is now. It performs great. It doesn't break that often, other than axle shafts, but pff, those things are a dime a dozen. Who really cares? Um, yeah. And if you keep popping those, you can just throw a set of cheap, like, 300 bucks special chromos in there if it ends up being a major issue throughout the year. Kish has had good luck with the 760 joints, but he's still popped two axle shafts in the time he's been wheeling that thing as it's been set up. But to the topic of cages, the most important thing that I will say, and I have looked at a lot of Cherokee cages, I've built one. Um, I've talked with Colin and I've talked with Graham. I'm not going to steal Graham's thunder here, but what needs to be discussed is when you go to build a cage, the most important thing on our Cherokees is getting a good solid node going because you need to be able to distribute the force. What I say, or when I say a node, I mean something like, um, or what that means is where your tubes meet up. So if you were to look at the top of my roll cage, say it was a box, the center line, all the tubes to support the exterior and to support the halo meet up in the center. And they all have been notched so that they form together to form the center node of the cage. I did the same thing behind my seats just to make sure that when it, or if I do roll it, it is well supported and well tied in. Um, Now, I... Oh, sorry. Uh, so just to simplify what you're saying, Luke, the nodes are just where all of your tubes actually meet. Yes, but they are to like form the joint. Yes, but they are incredibly important because of how structural they are. Um, now I know Graham and myself have hybrid cages, which means that we have an exterior halo, which is what forms the top part of our cage with interior. On my case, I have a B and a C pillar because I have a two-door. 
So my rears tie into my shock hoops at, with extra bracing to the floor over the rear suspension. Um, and my B-pillar ties into my slider mounts and mounts up behind the seats. My A-pillars tie into the front by the rocker panels. Um, and Cody, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I it's kind of I want to do like a actually like a legitimate hybrid where I feel like you guys have an exo cage but with internal tie-ins, which in reality, I mean, that's I personally wouldn't consider that necessarily a, hi a hybrid because in reality, you really don't have any tubes on the inside other than supports. So I'm kind of thinking something of the similar effect of that. But you actually recently have sent a, a kit that comes pre-bent and pre-cut that really, really suits my fancy or at least gives me ideas of kind of what I want to do, which is having your drip rail supports going across the top, but everything around that area is now inside. So your A to B is all exterior, but then your C supports run on the inside. So you would run from the B down to the back and then drop it down into the C's to keep it all kind of inside because I don't know, like body damage gives character, especially because I don't really drive it on the road that often and I don't really plan on driving it on the road very often anymore. So something kind of along those lines where I tie it into sliders, sl tie the sliders into the unibody and then kind of run everything off of that. And then also now dropping into the unibody in the back, plating in the area of the unibody that I tie my B's and C's to. Wait, okay. So <laughs> let me let me see if I heard that right. So you're going to have A and B pillar be external and everything else internal? Or you want that to be the case? Something, something of the sort. I mean, me and Luke have really kind of tossed this idea around. Um, and honestly, there may not even be anything on the inside past the um the b like so for like anything structurally for the like to kind of the outside well even on the in so what i mean is is like i don't care if the whole back half of the jeep gets crumbled i only care about the front and passenger seat being secured but i don't want it inside because i don't feel like wearing a helmet every single time i go out wheeling fair enough so you don't want you don't necessarily care about the back. You want it to naturally dovetail itself. And, Correct. Uh, okay. Correct. That's actually kind of an interesting way to think about it. Um, and I, yeah, basically I building a capsule. Yeah, so Pretty, you'd be building, yeah. like, you know, even though it's a Cherokee, build something more like you'd put on a, you know, a truck. You know, yes. If you're going to do a roll cage on a truck where the, in, you did an external halo, like I'm talking with Jacob about with the, his his red truck is... You know, we just do the halo for you know, the top of that thing, A pillars, B pillar would be internal, and there's nothing else to it, but maybe do you know, bars inside. So you're saying just totally skip the back chunk of it entirely because you don't care about it. Correct. Okay. That's the idea. I may not go with that idea, but it's something to consider. I could also go on the basis of like that kit that Luke had recently sent, which was a very much so a hybrid where it was external except for after the b and then most of the supports were interior but then ran a drip rail that went across connected to the other side but then mounted itself kind of firmly with the internal cage so that way there really 
it was mostly internal except for around the B and C or like around the A and B part of me and allowed for a little bit of a uh, protection in the back. But I mean, I already, like I just picked up some plexiglass. I have a four by six sheet that I just picked up when I, I did a trash out at a random house in West Springfield that was just mm-hmm. sitting there. And I'm like, those are mine. Those are coming home with me. <laughs> so like I already, I could, I have a, a guy that I know that works with a, a window company and I've been talking with him about talk like getting them so that way they can take out the back window for free and they get to keep that back window and then doing riv nuts inside the window well cutting out the plexi so that way it fits in that area nicely and then just doing like clear silicone around it so that way if I have to pull it like it looks neat but it's weatherproof but if I have to pull it off it's as easy as just unscrewing the riv nuts getting another sheet of plexi sliding it back on so that way I don't have to worry about glass exploding in my eyes or blowing up on the side of a trail or something of that matter just get a hatch you really don't like and it'll never break yeah (laughs) <laughs> have you seen this? Have you seen mine? This, this orange one. I'm telling you, I don't like it. It's, it's all <laughs> fucked up. It's all mangled. But I mean, I think that's also in part with the traumatization of the first hatch breaking, where it's like, damn, that sucked. Like, I don't feel like picking up glass on the side of the trail. I don't feel like inhaling exhaust fumes every time I go down the road. So I've been really careful. About that really is the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. The covered wagon effect is the most annoying. I'm trying to find another white hatch to keep up the uh, lineage and all that, but my white hatch popped the glass, and it's just it's obnoxious to drive because it just sucks all yeah, the noise. Yeah, you have to have the back the heat on, or you know, some sort of a climate control blowing at your face, so you you know it's giving you fresh oxygen from the front. At least that was my experience on the highway with it. Like it was bad. You yeah, can't open the windows because then it sucks even more up. So you have to have the front windows, at least in my limited experience with this. I, I don't use this as a guide to try and drive your Jeep without back glass. Your mileage <laughs> may vary. But I had to have my windows up with the climate control blowing at me so I could actually get something that wasn't exhaust. And I didn't die. So there's mm. that. You just have to get better at holding your breath, Graham. That's all. So... <laughs> so... <laughs> To kind of tie this back in. Two-hour road trip, hold your breath. That, that's not how any of this works, now. Scuba tank. I can get you True. one. There's one at that trash out. There's a scuba tank fully charged. I got you. <laughs> you guys are I am going to you know, bring it back. I'm a little offended that you called my cage an exo cage with internal it tie-ins. Is. Because I have more tube on the inside of that stupid thing than I have on the outside. Yeah. But it's not. I'm in the uh, but there's same no, camp. there's no support bars on the inside of your Jeep. Yeah, there are. What? Only, so, what are you talking I mean, about? Like, I mean, in the sense of like, there's no horizontal bars inside your Jeep. It's all vertical. Other than obviously, other than um, like your angled pieces, like at 45s or whatever, to like support the upper bars. But there's no bar going from like from your B to your C. There's no bar going horizontally inside your Jeep. Is there? No, but I debated yes. putting one Thank in there. You. And, and, and Thank loops, you. Thank you. There is. Yeah. No, there's not. It just goes from the B to the um, shock no, towers. No, I, I know what he's saying. It's it's but, external. Okay, but what I'm saying in the sense of like, if you took out from your B to your C, your drip rail there, the thing that goes across your drip rail, you don't have one of those inside of the Jeep. Like if you took those off the top, and then I took a sledgehammer and smashed down, 
nothing is stopping that from dropping the like, dropping the roof down. Well, Luke has the uh, the bar going from B pillar to B pillar. It's flat, horizontal. I've got the bars coming off of the uh, shock hoop that go up to the top of my B pillar. I've got the spreader bar at the shock hoops, and then I've got the down bars. But why would I go and put a bar on the inside spanning between the top of my B and my C pillar? I don't see a point to doing that when I've got the halo sitting on top and... Correct. So it's it's not a hybrid, it's an exo. Yeah, no, that's You're... what a hybrid is though. The there are internal supports that comes down from the halo to my rocker with the spread or with the uh node behind the seeds to help yes. keep support everything. And then the B mm-hmm. pillar is supported by the shock hoops and the C pillar is supported by the shock hoops. So I don't understand how that's not a hybrid because it, there's n- the so then what would you classify the, an EXO? I would classify an EXO as a cage where all of the supports are mounted externally. Um, so, the, But then how would you not have your harness bar? How would you not have supports inside? A lot you of wouldn't them be don't. To, That's yeah, why we don't. don't like EXO cages. I don't know. I just... I, I see what you mean, but personally, a hybrid to me is that it's the supports for the roof the floors anything of in between is like half and half like you you have it just it, but it is we keep yeah. all the relative relevant components that you'd want in an internal cage inside yeah. and then yeah. we put all the parts that can be on the outside to help prevent body damage are they're on the outside in this mine's case not it's even the to halo help with the body damage mine's just because i can't get my fat head in there well, I feel like that, y'all are just scared of your welds, and if a if one of those bars breaks, it won't smack you in the head. I'm really well, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. I I got gotcha. you. I was just not nitpicking, but I was just kind of teasing the idea that you have a lot of bars on the outside that I don't want. Uh, that I really you're not wanted you're to not be. wrong, especially with the tube work I did in the back of mine. It definitely. I've had people say, "Oh, nice EXO." Like, I, I didn't. I, wasn't gonna be like, no, it's a hybrid. But like, it, it's there's there's as much tube on the inside as there is on the outside, and I probably went overkill with the stuff on the inside. But I mean, I'm not upset you about most that. Definitely did, Graham. Yeah, and you know, for I've... context, I'll uh, sorry to cut you off, Cody. I've got no, you're good. external was, was externally good. a pillar, uh, internal B pillar right behind the driver's seat, sort of lining up with the. In between the driver or the front door and the back door, I got a four door, so it's a little tougher to get that all to fit in there and still have access to back seats. I still have my back seat. It's not exactly the most comfortable seat anymore, but it wasn't to begin with. Uh, And then right behind that, I've got a C pillar goes down, ties into the frame. Uh, A and B tie into the stiffeners through my my slider uh, rails that I've built out of two by six. So those are sturdy. And then I've got a D pillar way in the back that ties directly into my rear uh, leaf shackle mounts, which are the, I think they're the HD off-road no-lift shackles. So they've actually got a plate that bolts through the floor that I welded it matched up pretty good. So hey, it's uh, overkill. A side note, Graham? 
I can actually fit in your back seat with relative ease as long as someone can help me get out. <laughs> well, that's the I case can't get out Cherokees in general. Yeah, they're my issue is stupid. If I could do it again, the one thing I'd change is the lower bar I have, and maybe I'll change it when I redo my floors yeah, coming up. But Yeah, that, that's why I need help uh, getting out, is because my feet normally get stuck on that Stuck underneath bar. it, yeah. If yeah. I could do it again, I'd try to make that fit more to the floor. And we'll see, we'll yeah. see. Maybe I'll cut it out, because I'm redoing that whole you know trans-tunnel area with the... Uh, the 205 and everything going in. So maybe I'll cut it out and put a bar in that goes, you know, more flush with the floor. I'm thinking of doing bars across the floor entirely between the frame rails and then tying in other bits into that sort of, to, you know, help hold all those bits together because the transmission mount on the 2000s is different than the older style Jeeps. And even up to like the 99s, it's just for whatever reason, they changed something. And it's a horrible design. It's got this like wishbone thing with four tack welds, one on each corner. And I break it every single time. And then when those <laughs> break, you've got nothing rigid holding it together. It's literally just rubber that just moves around. And it's obnoxious. Huh. So I forgot that you have your back seat still. When mm -hmm. I was talking about yours, I could see because you also now have a support behind the back seat as well, coming down into the body. And I, I was gonna do more. That. I was gonna do more too, but everybody was like, "No, you don't need that." I was like, "Okay, well, I've got a bar at the back at least." <laughs> so, what really made you keep your back seat? Like, I made a conscious decision. Like, hey, it's time to take that out. If anybody's back there, I've been doing a lot of a lot more difficult obstacles or putting myself in a lot more situations where like this thing has a high not high chance, but I'd say like a 75% more chance of like rolling over that if somebody's in that backseat, it's unsafe for them. Why did you keep your backseat? Not so they can roll with me if I ever roll the thing, but <laughs> I, I think it was, it's an interesting challenge to keep it in there and I can still fold the seat forward and put the front down. It's not easy. It kind of smushes against, you've seen it. It smushes against the cage and it sort of sits there. And most of the time I have it down, but I, I like, having the option it's a four-door i have four doors in my cherokee i'm not a two-door like all the other cool kids so <laughs> if i'm gonna have four doors it's they're gonna be useful doors okay so that was really <laughs> wow. just my mentality is, is i uh, at some point i may lose it you know yeah fair but enough for now it's a uh, it, it was a fun challenge to work with because my the b pillar uh node is at first glance, it's not too intricate looking, but when you actually look at the way it's shaped, it, that was probably the hardest part of the whole project was getting that to work. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, you do have some pretty nice bends on there. To... God, sorry. <laughs> no, like he said, I have a two door. So the way I built my two door was I just went further back with this uh, B pillar because I had the room to do so because there was no way I was going to get the node that I wanted with having a back seat. So screw it, out comes the back seat. And as I am adding the coilovers into the rear, I'm starting to debate how I want to redo my shock mounts. Um, I might end up just putting a straight bar from the midpoint on the B to meet up with where the support for the um, coming off of my B and going to the top of my shock hoop 
putting a straight bar in there to help add a little bit more triangulation with a pair of bars coming off of the top of my B and going to the shock hoop uh, center of the cross member to help to spread some of the load that way. Um, and I'm already doing the tube work like Graham was talking about of doing new fenders and tying the C pillar because I only have the three on my Jeep into the rear fender and into my rear bumper. Uh, just to give it a little bit more support and help to make sure that it doesn't uh, end up having issues. So what was the uh, what was the underlying moment that you really felt that hey it's time for a cage? Uh, so for me that point was the realization that I was quite comfortable with pulling a tire straight up in the air with no like not thinking about it too much and i had the one tons i had the 40s i needed to keep the unibody intact otherwise it was just going to tear itself to shreds part of what's nice about a roll cage it helps to limit the flexibility of the body a metric fuck ton so it was those two things together just it was time the the switch just flipped for me it was like all right you you need it you know, how about you, Graham? Well, I think I'd say it's about the same. I I had I think we've talked about this before too. You know, I had the you know, the one tons and the thirty sevens on the thing, and I was doing stuff that I used to not even be able to come close to doing, and it really was just the next the next check mark to go for right on my list of things in my build, and it's fluctuated that was that was the obvious next step was now i need a cage so and same thing you know just for the you know when when you're driving is you know outpacing your safety equipment you kind of have to reevaluate it to a certain extent what were you gonna say richie i, I was literally just about to say well graham what was your reasoning <laughs> <laughs> well there you go so Sorry. Richie, sorry about yeah. that. Um, we had talked about what kind of cage you wanted, and we've brought up the various types, like Cody's building more of what I'm going to call a sport cage because his Jeep, let's face it, it's going to end up getting crumpled into a tin can, and that's just what he wants. Um, I have kind of like an in-between style. Graham's got more of like a full-blown four-door, keeping it four-door. What's your plans? Because you've got the four-door, so you're not limited. Well, not as freed as you are with the two-door. Ultimately, what I envision is something that is kind of like seven-eighths of the way what Graham has, but not caring nearly as much about the rear seat as Graham mm -hmm. did just because for, for me it'd be it'd be cool if I could keep the rear seat but it's not like a deal breaker for me if I'm not able to but the big thing for me is if I'm doing the roll cage I would lift the hoop up a little bit higher off the roof line than at least yours is, Luke. 
I don't really remember how high Grams is. Mine's got a, just, a, a decent gap. Probably like an inch oh. and a half, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, then I'd probably, I'd probably go along the lines of yours then. Just because, like, I, for one, actually use my roof rack from time to time for, you know, stupid miscellaneous things. And I'd hate to lose that little bit of functionality. Is no, it because you... you can't slip a finger under my cage that you don't like that? Or what? Yes. Because it's it, like... Pr pretty much not being able to, like, fit something underneath there. So, like, I'd have a hard time, you know, getting my fingers underneath there to, like, yeah, pull you'd, a tie you'd, down you'd through or something. Oh, okay. Okay, I see what you mean just, now. Yeah, I was just like... having enough space to to you know to work tie stuff down and um, do stuff yeah, that or, makes sense or, and or if you roll you could do like a soft tie through it or something of that matter probably too right yeah, yeah. So, some some shit like that yeah and honestly okay. it's, well, it's, also, it's it's really hard to get a cage to be you know tight to the body that was my initial plan yeah and uh i may have misspoke when i said i've got an inch and a half it's probably like an inch of gap it looks like more when you're looking at it uh, it's just the the way my bends ended up and you know without in hindsight i could have made it work but i should have cut them down more closer to the bend because just the way it all lined up made it sit higher in the end than it did on on paper when i was first throwing it together I, I i don't know i i think one of the biggest differences at least between me and you luke is i'd probably have the bar over the windshield sticking out just a little bit further just I've i kind of like the way that looks i've been debating redoing that section at some point but i'm kind of scared as to doing that i think i would have to cut the angular section and like sleeve that so yeah it might be a little bit of a pain to get to go together um another thing that i did that was kind of controversial at the time and I know this has no relationship to uh, Kish's cage build, but I don't think he would do it this way, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I have straight DOM tubes for the supports to my Halo. So I built my Halo kind of like almost uh, like a box, and there's exposed tube ends on my cage, so it's got kind of like an old-school look to it. It doesn't look very... Uh, it's not seamless. I, I always felt like Cherokees were kind of these boxy little toaster ovens of vehicles, and I wanted to keep the boxy, like, function over form kind of look going on when I did this. So my tube um, right there, it doesn't have a bend in it. It's got uh, five pieces of tube, I think, that meet. I've got the two A-pillars that meet the two supports to the halo or like the braces of the halo i've got the center piece that is the spreader bar and then i've got two supports to my a pillars that all tie everything together so it's very well braced but it's not as seamless as graham did a one piece hoop um if i remember correctly for your halo and yep. it's not like bending uh, the A-pillar and having the A-pillar go down the side of the Jeep, which in retrospect, I might have done. Yeah, I, I like the look of that. If I was going to build another cage, I might try that style. I'm sure it's got its own quirks and uh, 
you know things that make know, it my, my thing look is my, my thing is i actually like the way your cage looks and i don't personally see a issue with it in terms of how structural it is like it should be plenty strong enough for a uh, role yeah i'm so, not really worried that, about that it. is your task you have to roll your jeep before i build mine yes <laughs> Both Graham and Luke have to now roll theirs catastrophically before we can decide. Okay, go. Yes, so we can choose On the highway, too. You need to just do 80 and just hard cut and just see how many times you can roll it, and then we'll just go based off that, okay? I'm going to go with a hard pass. (laughs) Yeah, I'll skip that. Maybe just a hard flip into a tree or, like, onto a Um, rock. Just give the keys to Colin for a fucking day. No, no, give them to Dana. Dana's really good at just <laughs> hard flops. Dana. Dana? Oh, it's shit. Dino. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's like spelling Colin with one L. I'm going to get smacked. <laughs> or two L's or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> oh, God. It's like you don't know anything about your friends. You well, know I'm list. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much, but I'm just going to say that next season is shaping up to be a wild fucking season for me. Um, given all the changes to the Jeep, it's going to be pushing the limits quite a bit. So there is a possibility, but I am not going to intentionally try and flop this. My goal is to have the base of the buggy started by the end of midsummer so there you go yeah as Uh, long as all the cool shit happens late season i'll be fine uh how about we just skip the rolling i I just don't really want to do that (laughs) i'm not saying the rolling i'm saying all the cool shit oh oh well you know i can't guarantee anything Late season after July. Yeah, Fair enough. that's I'm when not, the cool shit can start. Oh, I'm not trying to roll, but if I roll, Lame. I roll. Just yeah, that's that's how I. I feel. I'd rather roll doing something cool than just <laughs> roll because I wanted to test my roll cage. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm confident in everywhere. in my roll cage. My roll cage will be fine. So uh, I definitely feel as though a lot of people are in the opinion of they don't want to actually test their roll cage. Except Pussy Cody. shit. <laughs> Except Cody. True. <laughs> Body um, damage adds right. character. So I have to so, ask. So you though. have to roll first time out, Cody. Deal. Richie. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> With little Dicky on the way, why are you not wanting to keep a back seat? I gotta mm. ask that because to me, it seems so, like, at the very least, make up a nice tube mount, slap a corbu in the back, and, you know, mount the car seat hello. there in the well, middle see, of the like, back. That, that's that's something that I would definitely do, but without having, like, the back seat. But the, so, the main reason to just not... Just throw them in the uh, trunk. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> strap them down. That's what the, the inch and a half clearance on top is for. So you can strap it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the main thing is I'm a firm believer of like not having like really small kids out on the trails. That's just me personally. So yeah. typically I wouldn't really bring him out a lot or consistently, I should say. 
until he's at least like four or five years old. And coupled with the fact that Jess kind of goes up and down with how into off-roading she is, sometimes she doesn't want to go at all. Sometimes she gets mad at me for not taking her. <laughs> so it's I like that. I, I, for the most part, would be able to get away with just having a single passenger seat. So yep. Recaro actually makes a baby seat that fits <laughs> in a front driver's seat. Just saying. I know. So I, okay, I've already <laughs> looked at that. <laughs> uh, they're expensive, but supposedly they actually are like like safe. I guess in the best yeah. way possible. But uh, yeah, I probably the, wait the a little bit. I see it. Yeah. The, the way I see it is, it, if push comes to shove, I could definitely easily come up with a mountable seat for the rear if I had to. Yeah. As soon as you start working with tube, you can really, once you Do have whatever. tube down, you can mount so much shit. It just it, becomes exactly. that much easier. Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of been my downhill spiral at the moment. I got to cut a lot of the floor pan out to get the doubler to go in, and it's like, okay, whatever. But now I'm going to be bending up a new mount for my seat. Uh, I've got the Corbu Fat Baja SS. Uh, Corbo. My, Corbo. I'm sorry. I, I'm so bad. <laughs> um, and I got the XL Tall. And um, I got a slightly narrower one for myself. A slightly wider one for the passenger seat. And... Uh, just the mounts are very nice because you can just bend them up and tie them fully into the roll cage. That's another safety factor that is quite important. Yeah. No, it definitely makes it easier. Just like been a few, I guess seat mounts is like the most obvious answer, but there's, there's so much other stuff you can attach to, you know, roll cage tube that can be useful. I don't, I'm blanking because Refrigerator. Before, <laughs> before yes. I had a cage, I was like, when I have a cage, there's going to be so much stuff I can, like, you know, mount, you know, with metal. I can weld things in onto the tube and have it have it work. Butt plugs. Yes, that's all we need. <laughs> just, just like spikes. Yes. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to get mounted up is I want to make a mount and put a CO2 bottle in the back of my rig. So if I have to air up a tire on the trail, we're not like, okay, let's hook up a slow compressor. We can just reset the bead with 150 PSI of CO2 right on the trail. They're fairly cheap to get a bottle. So I figured that I would just need to make mounts and put a regulator on it. Yeah. No, that'd be another thing that'd be cool to get. Everybody has air compressors, so I usually just bum one of those, but on board CO two. Yeah, just gotta mount it vertically. Yep. Horizontally it doesn't work very well. No, I was reading about that. It like compacts or something. I'm not exactly so certain, but I it might be it might be nitrogen that I'm thinking of. But it's it's one of the two because I don't think nit or uh, carbon dioxide comes in liquid because I know with nitrogen what it is is as it's sideways it doesn't work because the fluid is towards where the exit is so yep. as you 
like land it vertically, it allows for the liquid to turn into a gas so that way you can compact a shit ton of capacity inside this bottle with like with the liquid and then it turns into a gas and then releases the gas. So you can get a, an insane amount of uh, product out of just a tiny bottle. All right, I well, that makes sense. It's got to be CO2 as well. I know. But is it liquid CO2? I don't like yeah, I know else? whichever I, I don't it, know. I think it is. I'm, I'm not a fucking either. chemist. Neither am I. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> this is kind I of a someone, someone do a Google search later. Okay. The internet Got knows it. all. True. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, Cody. Well, if we do nitrogen, we can do whippets on... I'm sorry. Anyways. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I thought this was a Christian podcast. We would not speak about the alcohols, the whippets... Nor the marijuanas. Good Crazy. lord. Um, <laughs> why are you going to build... Like, where do you see your Jeep going that you want to just build, like, the pod, if you will, or, like, a safety capsule? Because are you trying to keep it, like, more of a full-bodied rig, or are you going to end up starting to let the body come off and come in and start bugging it, like... So there's been different ideas that we've been tossing around. Um, there's the idea of keeping it full body. And then after I'm done with that build and putting it to its limits of a full body rig and then going to a buggy chassis or doing the capsule idea, making it so that it's partially modular in the rear. So that way, as the time comes, we can chop it like probably about like eight inches behind the B pillar on the on the four door and then bringing the hatch innard inwards and then creating a tube chassis rear end so that way it's kind of back halfing it but i mean it's something that i need to kind of toss up and decide what i really want to come from it because if i both ideas would keep it so that way it's free it's like it's away from the elements you know i can go snow wheeling and keep my heat and be happy so but if i don't go with the idea of back halfing in the future then it could be crumpled to the point of like, uh, I think it's Project XJ on Instagram. His is just this tuna can crumpled up beer can looking thing that is fucking rad, which I absolutely would love to see my Jeep be at. But if I go the route of then building a buggy on the side, I don't think the girlfriend's really going to want to drive around in a thing that looks like it got tossed around in a, in a washing machine for 10 hours. Like, so it's this it's this idea that I need to decide if what I want to do from here on out because once the project starts it needs to be completed and have an end goal otherwise I'm just going to be tossed between two projects trying to create the same end goal. So yeah, I, don't I really can understand. It. Your rig would be wickedly cool with like uh, if you decided that you wanted to go the buggy route i could see you know like closing off behind the hatch area and like maybe doing something with uh plexi to make up mini windows to cover up that area in the back and like fill the hatch gap um but keeping it kind of like enclosed dove nose dovetail kind of like on the shorter side for a cherokee one tons and 40 stickies that thing would straight up badass yeah that would be fucking sweet especially because either way it would really be it's 
it's coming off the road. I mean, honestly, after the first rollover without major supports keeping that thing from crumpling up, it's going to be coming off the road. Um, so stickies are probably in the near future after the tons, after the cage, after like a bajillion different other things that could go so, on with it. So the far future. Yeah, mm. exactly. <laughs> but, but for right now, I need to I need to hunker down and focus on um, getting it safe. It's uh, I have a few jobs lined up that I think will give me enough cash flow to start making those steps forward because it's time. It really is time. I mean, I see like we went to uh, Battlegrounds the other weekend and like the different li- like I could watch a million people go up one obstacle, but I'm the weirdo with the ADD sitting in the corner going, my tires could definitely grip up if I go on that left hand side, then hook it right and then flip it over on its side and climb up the tree a little bit and then just cut it around and hope that it flops around like. Yeah, that's cool, but there's like 10 different variables in that where I'm eating the rock that's next to me as I tip it over. So Hmm. it's just, I don't know. I just, I need to make a decision and roll with it. Um, It's kind of seeming like I want to keep it full body and then do the buggy as a fun side project. But that's also up to the girlfriend on if she wants to continue wheeling her tj or if she wants to even if she even wants to express her like enjoyment in this uh this sport if you will and continue like wheeling it because if this thing's built to run blacks and red obstacles it's gonna be under wheeling the hell out of it and it's gonna be sad you know i'm beating the shit out of it it loves it thing eats limiter like it's it's like eats it for lunch and just keeps on throwing it like i don't yeah. know and this is why you grenade dana 30 axle shafts all the time at least you're consistently so I, quick at changing them. Yeah, if I had power tools, I'd be even quicker. But I'm just a little manual tools, just like, like every quarter inch. <laughs> and it's not me, though, that is causing the – it's partially me. But it's mostly because I hang out with you assholes. You guys are like, yeah, you got it. Hit it with the skinny pedal. I'm like, okay. I need to floor it up it and it works but then i gap out my caps and then everything starts little clinky clanks and then clinkety clank turns into throwing caps as i'm driving down the road and having to pull into a uh a five guys parking lot in the middle of westfield and (laughs) lifting it up off the ground and ripping it out (laughs) yeah yeah dana 30 life um next season is going to be an interesting one i'm wondering what the or what's going to be the next story in my rig's existence? Because I really want to keep it streetable, but I don't so know. Keep it streetable. It's that. Well, if I Lame. end up putting it on no, its side doing cool. dumb shit. There's nothing cooler than being able to drive your rock crawler on the road semi-legally. Yeah, my end game... <laughs> in Massachusetts, no less. My end game at the moment is looking like I want to end up with uh, all four corners on coilovers. I want to end up with the front end getting tubed out, and then I would like to be able to wash my hands and have a Jeep that will run blacks and some red obstacles consistently. Well, your, first mis- your first mistake is uh, assuming you'll be able to wash your hands and be done with it and have it not have other problems. Well, I'm not saying not have other problems, but I'm saying, like, I don't want to be trying to chase going down red trails with it as the everyday wheeling event. I'm I'm very fine with it being set up to run blacks and kept somewhat streetable. Um, But, like, if I roll it and trash the whole, you know, side of it, 
I may end doors. up going with a different way. Buy new doors. Be done with it. It's that easy. Pour to power the uh, body back out. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's why you build the cage, right? So you don't have to deal with the you know the body damage. Yeah. In the long run, it saves you so much. I know that there's going to be a lot cut out when I comp cut. Um, it's going to definitely be much better with the body damage than it would be as it currently sits, because right now it looks like a tin can. Mm. So does mine. Yeah, I, I definitely... Like, 95% of my body damage definitely goes to not having full-size bumpers. I mean, I <laughs> the amount of header panels that I absolutely shred, the taillights, the quarter panels, I mean... If I had full size bumpers like other people that in this mm-hmm. chat <laughs> then I would I would have a lot less body damage but again it's not my daily so I don't really mind the body damage but I have noticed that the approach angle and departure angle that I gained by going to shorter thinner like stubby bumpers has it's done exactly what I wanted them to do allowing the jeep to come up to something almost straight on or even if i have to come at like a five degree angle up an obstacle that's pretty sheer i can do it the only thing that's stopping me at this point is my uh my gas my header panel and my (laughs) gas tank i mean this past weekend when i dropped off an obstacle my uh my brother-in-law was watching and he said that i don't like there is when i'm coming off of an obstacle that my bumper to my wheelbase is set up almost perfectly to the point that it's very, very impossible for me to hit my my gas tank, which is really awesome to hear. But then there's a situation like Richie where he dailies his, and I mean he can get into why he set up his. But there's different, there's ups and downs per choosing which which way you want to go. The only yes, thing I'm w. gonna say is midwiths are dumb. You get half of each world, and that's about it. Yep, if you wheel and you have a stubby bumper, uh, you lose headlight bezels. That's just how it goes. Yes. <laughs> I will well, not see, have any left. See, I have full with bumpers just because I don't want to deal with hitting my fucking taillights and my headlights on everything like Cody does. It's it's not because I daily... But... I, I, but your rear bumper, I mean... The rear bumper, I will give you that. <laughs> but I'm also planning on coming up with something different for my rear bumper. Just because I thought I would like it. I liked the way it looked online. I've slowly, like, become dissatisfied with it every time I go out. So, what happened to your rear bumper that made you dissatisfied with it? So, the the very first time I went out, because it, it's a weld-it-yourself kit from Dirtbound. So, it, it came in just as the, the flat plate that, you know, I had to bend up and weld and everything. Like, it came out nice. But the very first time that I went out, I was coming off of a rock, dropped down onto the bumper, 
and the the little wing on the passenger side got bent way out and up, forcing the bumper with all the uh, hardware and everything for it. It forced it into my hatch, making it so I couldn't open my hatch. <laughs> and then a similar thing happened, but on the driver's side at Brookridge the other week. So you can't open your hatch again? Yes. But it did save your taillights and your quarter panels. So it's kind of that that game that you have to play. So it did what you wanted it to. But (laughs) it's definitely something that I'm honestly probably going to be looking at picking up something similar to uh, my front bumper. It's which that's just a straight. I don't know. Two by two four? by five, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Maybe two with by a six. With a couple hoops welded to the front, mm-hmm. with uh deering tabs. So pretty much just same thing from Logan Steel, nice minus the hoops. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of torn about my rear bumper. I might just end up leaving it because it seems like it's going to work out for what I want to do with a little bit of bracing to it. Um, I, I um, don't see you having too many of the same issues that I have. Yeah, I do want to trim my ends in a little bit and add a piece of dom tube or square stock. So that way when the C-pillar supports land on it, it'll be better braced. But yeah, uh, bumpers are one of those things where once you get past your basic safety cage and you start building it to deal with more and more flops, you end up tying into them. And that's one area where, like, I know Graham's bumper was built... How was that done? It was like a single piece of tube with multiple bends? So it's two pieces of tube. It's one on the top that sits really flush with the the hatch. That's something that I've always wanted out of a rear bumper that no bumper on the market has ever really done. Has been really flush with the hatch and gives me the option. I haven't done it yet. It's not 100% done. It's too cold now for me to want to work on it. I've got other priorities. Uh... But I can I can put metal in there and make it so it's not things don't just fall out in between the gap where the bumper and the the body meet. So I can fill that in, make that look nice. Uh, but it all ties into the cage. It comes down. I've got a an external D pillar the very back that ties in to those two bars that make the bumper up, and they the way they sit avoids the the catching issue that Richie's talking about with, you know, grabbing rocks and pulling them back. I used to have a bumper that looked like it was going to do the same exact thing. It never did it, but it was always a concern of mine. And I had always talked about chopping it down, but I had enough tube left over from the cage build that I finally just, you know, I just said, I'll, I'll, I'll do the rear bumper. And I knew I wanted to do the, uh, you know, the, the rear wheel arches, you know, to kind of protect that stuff as well. Cause I've smashed those in plenty of times. Uh, and I, I will say it hurts when those wings catch. Mm, I can imagine. It, yeah, it's... It hurts a lot. You don't yeah. feel it when it takes out a taillight. I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, so my I, new... I do pretty good. Sorry to cut you off, Luke. I do pretty good with taillights. I, they still get smushed every once in a while. I've got a little bit I can do. 
I think if I extend a, a tube in the back out a little bit, it'll cover it enough on the top that I can get away with uh, not putting in dorky LEDs or anything like that. I like the look of the factory taillights. I don't want to do you know, the, the metal box that just sits there and you've got plastic Harbor Freight taillights in there. I like the look of the factory lights, but if they can't stay in, then they're not that they're not useful. So, yeah, I'm going with the uh, as Graham just put down the LED taillight route because <laughs> my uh, supports for the C pillar fender, uh, where they tie into my rear bumper, goes right through the bottom of the taillight, and I don't feel like cutting the taillight up. I decided it just made more sense for me to put in. A pair of LEDs and um, some LED lights in the bumper or in the hatch for reverse lights. Yeah, and I don't actually. There's no cuts in my in my tail lights. It's all it, it. They'll bolt in. I didn't want to cut them because I. It looks really cool when you set them up with a little bit of an edge, right? To to give it that the look that the tube's going through it, and the tube is more important than the you know, the peripheral pieces, but. Having to swap a taillight and having to recut it every time, I'm sure gets old. And yeah. I blow taillights way too often to be doing that. Well, if See, I... Uh, continue, Luke. If I blow a taillight, it's another $6 taillight that just pops mm -hmm. in, and I've got four of them already sitting at the shop. So it's kind of like, eh, whatever. See, I just keep a surplus of taillights. Mm. And we did have to swap your taillights at Roush, Graham. How's my taillight doing? It's doing good. It's still still living on. As long as you see that lettering on the left taillight, you know it's still there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's made it quite far. See, that's why I tape mine now, because tape doesn't hold as well as the bolts. So when it pops out, it just pops out nice and gracefully and hangs there. It doesn't actually snap anything as it flies out, but... You look like white trash running down the road with tape and taillights. <laughs> um, you don't look like you are white trash running down the road with the taillights. To, to me, True. that just tells the police officers, hey, pull me over. Well, the taillight's still there. It didn't go anywhere. Technically, it still functions. I yeah. I'm going to tell you to pop it back in place. I can just be like, I tried. At least it shows that you were trying to be legal instead of just doing like hand signals out the window like, laugh. Breaking, stopping, turning, like, you know. <laughs> Y'all are something else, man. I've been there and I've done that. You I have can't as well. keep a goddamn taillight bulb in your rig. Yes, I do. Do all of your turn signals, brake lights, and reverse lights work? Presently, yes. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Didn't sound very confident, I'll be honest. I, I had to think because at one point my I think it was my passenger side, it might have been the driver's side, but did it didn't have any plastic on it. It was just three light bulbs. And oh. my turn signal bulb blew. So I just pulled the uh, reverse light bulb and popped it into the uh turn signal. I can get you another bulb again for like thirty-five cents. So oh, I, I, I I already replaced that one a while ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the F uh, three or the F two fifty is getting all LEDs now, so we're getting fancy with that. But that's probably way too expensive. But at the same time, it is also important 
that we all know are basic hand signals. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you just or, uh, the middle finger. Dire situations. <laughs> no, just the middle finger. That's all the hand signals we need. Well, nobody here. uses turn signals anyways, so it, it's fine. Yeah, we True. are talking well, yeah, to so you just blend in with society. <laughs> no, that would just make you look. People wouldn't know what you were doing. They'd think you were like hailing them down, or you know, trying to catch them. I'd, uh, I'd say, uh, you know, it's definitely handy to have some. I used electrical tape when we were. Was it at Roush that we? I used it. I don't know. I smashed a tail light pretty good. And yes, I, I cobbled it, it back together Roush. with electrical tape, and it worked mint. And I kept it there for quite a while. I don't that know if it rough. smashed or if I got tired of it and swapped it, but I'll take it. I usually don't swap them <laughs> unless they're like really bad because you know, I, I don't like going to shop for more taillights. Although I don't think they're that expensive. I haven't looked on Amazon or anything. I'm sure you could get them. I don't I think know. It's all, like 45 is... for the pair. Nope. 60. Uh, one of my bad. buddies, one of my buddies just picked up a brand new pair and they were 60 bucks for the pair. Yeah, All I know is that my last set, Luke finally got tired of my broken taillights and swapped them for me. <laughs> uh, Sometimes yeah, don't it feels him... bad to be the only adult in the room. Just don't let him do your headlights because he'll put one end upside down and the other one normal. So now I thought you I... wanted that. <laughs> no, no, these two were trying to. Him and uh, Caitlin were trying to be nice and do my header panel as I was finishing up. I think it was the 44, and they did it all. And after one day, stopped by my buddy's house and he goes, "Are they supposed to look like that?" Again, I'm like, "Nope, one is upside down." And now I flipped them, so now they're both upside down because the one that was right side up, I needed to replace the bezel, so it's now upside down just so it matches, and it does not. Shine light at the road at all. It's just if I was a bird watcher, it'd be fucking great. I can I can see him in the middle of the night, but I'm not. So yeah, you know, I feel I'm sorry. That. I'm bad. My headlights need some serious work. I like the look of the factory ones. I don't like the look of the you know, like the LEDs. the crazy bug eye LED stuff that that exists. So I I just run with the factory ones. But I'm on your side with that, Graham. Lame. If they they don't put out, so I've got a a kit that actually bypasses the factory wiring and puts it almost direct to battery, basically direct to battery. I think so. It's a it's getting a strong signal from the battery for power. So they're brighter. They're noticeably brighter. People have asked um, within the club, like, what's up with your headlights? They're really fucking bright. Uh, they're really nice. Uh, that kit is at least. I think it's from. Uh, K suspension, I think, makes it. It was really easy to install and has been really nice. Downside, uh, my headlight brackets, like you were saying, they don't hold them in, so they point up. So I have the same thing going on. I'm looking at the sky. <laughs> and they're not even LEDs, so I don't even get that uh, you know ridiculous you know, light output, so it's just horrible all around. If it's dark and rainy, I'm screwed. Mine are yeah, I mean, almost LED- okay. I don't know, dude. When it's dark and rainy, our headlights do not do great. No, you they don't. You can't see anything. I mean, but even with I my truck, I think it's that bad. Well, that's because you have the normal stock ones. I mean, an LED sucks, especially if it's snowing and it's dark or it's raining and it's dark. There's no headlights. You're just yeah, ditched. Yeah, in the snow, you go it looks by like, feel. In the snow, it looks like you're uh, 
jumping into hyperspace from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, yeah, I have it... those on my rig because I've just like for more night wheeling, I guess. I don't drive my rig in the dark enough to really care, except for when I go into work and they're plenty bright enough for that. Yeah. Right, the, the only time I'm really wanting more light is when I go for like my late night cruises on like dirt roads up in Mass at night. So I I just threw a Walmart special light bar onto my front end. Fair enough. See, I was gonna bring that up, but you just ruined it. I was gonna say, I'm sorry. I'm a single one of us have light bars, but now I can't say that. Light bars before I, lock. I've I've had a light bar on my Jeep for over a year. I guess I just don't know. I don't know my my friend's Jeeps, I guess. (laughs) I I mean, he had lockers before he had the light bar. I know. I was just just kidding. We all have lockers before light bars, but I was just joking. It definitely speaks to our our priorities when it comes to uh, (laughs) tech. Light is clearly not one of them. <laughs> we really don't do too much. I mean, there's not really any place we can go night wheeling. Badlands, that's about it. And Badlands yeah. is in Vermont. I don't know if it's I'd not... want to night wheel at Badlands though. It's it's like on the threshold of like, I guess that's the point, right? You go out and destroy your shit. But I was just I about know. to say that when we're night wheeling, anyways, <laughs> between the between the beer and the shitty headlights, you're just aiming between the trees, anyways. So hmm. fuck it. What's the extra light really gonna do? <laughs> I'm not going to be drinking for that because I'd rather make that run just due to the difficulty of it. Perfectly sober. I'll save the drinking for after that one particular night run is like, yeah, no. And it's fair. I mean, that place can get pretty gnarly in, in the daylight. Mm hmm. There's a lot of like killer boulders. There's a lot of sticky trails there. Yep. The next time that everyone is uh, at my place here and everyone's like actually camping out, I kind of want to do a night run. I want to see how that goes. I can give it a shot. I'm down. I would down. be down for that. I don't know if I would go as crazy at night. I haven't actually night wheeled. Um, I want to. That's like why I'm doing that. Um, one thing that I saw that was super cool for night wheeling was a buggy that was running the Super Duty um, Well Done High Steer Arms. They put LED pods on top of these and just drilled a hole through the bracket. So wherever you point the knuckles, it points the LED pods. That was cool as shit to me. That's pretty cool until you're flexed out and it's, again, just shining up at the trees. But I could see like going down a normal trail. It's not a bad idea. No, angle them down a little bit so that way they're pointing down and out, and seems like it would be cool. Um, you just need the underglow. That's all you need, right? Everybody just, just throws yeah. those underglow things in. <laughs> Some rock lights. Jeeps have kept underglow alive. I think you never see any Jeeps cars and drift cars. Yeah. Nineties <laughs> yeah. um, Japanese cars. Yeah. Last week we were talking with Sean and I would just like to say, you know, thank you to him for coming on. That was a great conversation, but it's uh, definitely nice to have you back, Cody. It's a interesting conversation dynamic. Well, I was here for the Sean one, but I think 
I think we were just mostly letting Sean talk that I don't think I really talked that much, honestly. I you was didn't. really And then you had to go. Really, yeah. Well, it, anniversaries are one of those things like she respected me enough to let me do the podcast. So I felt that returning the favor to her of like, hey, quick and dirty, I'll hop in, hop out. Um and she was really gracious of that. So it was nice that uh we were able to make that dynamic work well. But it was I was really eager to listen to what Sean had to say because last year he had some troubles and he wasn't able to like come out and be very interactive with the club. And this year he has fully changed the pace and has made an amazing effort into doing that. So it was like it was really nice to know now like how he started it, like what it started from. Like it was really really cool to hear all of that of like this club that I love being in and love interacting with all of you so it was really cool to see how uh how this all came to be yeah i agree cody i thought it was great to actually learn about the history of the yeah yeah i forget you guys uh you know haven't been here the whole time oh yeah you and not, not to come in big dick swinging but i've been here since it started but yeah i mean even man. even for me there was some uh just like i didn't know his dad had a mud truck and stuff like that. There's just like interesting backstory that, you know, you're always, you know, unless you sit down or like, okay, what actually happened? You don't get the full story. So I think it was cool to, you know, hear about that stuff. And then the perspective from his perspective, a lot of the, uh, What's the beginning I thought stuff. it was, I'm sorry, Grant. No, I finished. Your oh, turn. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought it was great learning about the little fact of, uh, his shifter came off. When he rolled Papa Smurf. Yep. I never knew that. That yeah. made the whole story a thousand times funnier. That it did. Um, next week we are going to have on a guest who will be interesting to talk with. Because uh, Graham and myself went with him to Roush. And he, uh, he went a different direction than Graham and myself are going with his rig. It, it'll be interesting to see uh, him and cody discussing where they're where his rig's gonna go because uh you know it's a totally different aspect of wheeling than what we've covered um i think that that covers basically everything for this week you guys want to wrap it up here yeah, yeah I just I guess I... Sorry, oh we all got things to say, <laughs> I, just say I, think it, I think it's gonna be fun i've got a, a couple things i want to uh, pick his brain about you know, as far as his rig i i I know what the outside looks like. I got a, like a little bit of a glimpse of the inside. I, I definitely want to talk to him about the, you know, his 205 and stuff like that to, you know, get some ideas on how I'm going to install mine. We'll see how that goes. And yeah, I think Cody, I don't know if you've seen pictures of his Jeep and, you know, how it's it's set up now, but I think it definitely fits the direction you want to go a little better. Cool. Than something like mine or uh Luke's or Collins. I'm definitely excited to have him on. Then I'll be. Uh, I'll make sure to think of plenty of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There will definitely be some good questions. Um, and I think we can. I definitely have a few for him. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> but um, um. So just wanted to say, feel free to review, rate, subscribe, and share the podcast. We absolutely love doing this. We love doing it every week, and we'd love to do it keep on doing it so please feel free to uh rate us five stars say whatever the hell you want 
follow us on Instagram, uh, Blue Collar Off Road Podcast. Uh, actually, I don't think there's a podcast part in the end. Yeah, but... it's just Blue Collar Off Road, and the blue has a three for an E. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. Uh, make sure to air up and lock the gate on the way out.